Welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. This is episode 1020. This is my interview with Scott Dana, and we're talking about his book, Freedom Street. Enjoy. Scott, welcome to the Hidden Why Podcast. Great to have you here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. We've got the cameras on, so we'll put this on um, on the YouTube channel as well for people listening out there. If you ever want to check it out, the Hidden Why on YouTube, um, all the interviews and other bits and pieces go up there as well. Scott, um, Freedom Street, Freedom Street. Tell us about Freedom Street. I think Freedom Street is uh, awfully aligned with almost everything I've seen you do. Um, you know, whether it's uh, whether it's it's just identifying what freedom means to you. That's yeah. really the, the key component behind Freedom Street, identifying what living a rich life means, identifying how you can live your legacy today and really owning the future. What does that future look like? Once you've defined that, getting to Freedom Street is a lot easier. You have to develop that path, but it starts with some groundwork in the beginning, some foundational mm-hmm. stuff. And, uh, and you know, it also happens to be the name of the company that I started six years ago and um, it's just been a common theme in my life and something that I'm very, very grateful uh, to be able to utilize. Freedom is something that's that's quite special. Do you think freedom is the most sort of motivational force behind things that you do or is it is it the top pinnacle or is there something else there? Is it just a, a step along the way? Yeah, you know, I think um, finding out, so, so the hidden why, right? Finding mm. out the hidden why behind what freedom means to any individual and connecting them to what that is, is what I've been doing for 20 years. So, you know, freedom is a powerful word, but if not applied appropriately, it can be wasted. And so having to find that connection point is really, you know, the driver for, for us and identifying, helping people identify what's so important to them. Yeah. Yeah. So finding those values behind the individual really. Is freedom saying that you've always had a, an association with? Like, is it saying that just came about through your your career? Yeah, you know, I think um, I think ultimately, when when you look at a level of freedom, anytime you're an entrepreneur, you're kind of free from normal restraints. Like, you're not afraid to take chances. Entrepreneurs tend to be people that are um, creative. They're interested in things that they they love. They're passionate. They're driven. And so, you know, I think I've always lived with a level of freedom, but financial freedom is something that also starts to open your eyes to a different level of freedom. And I think working in the realm of of money and finances for so many years, some people get caught on the financial freedom so, so hard that they miss the very reason they're doing everything they're doing. Hmm. And so it's just about, you know, I talk in I talk in the book a couple times about um, I've had a, I've had the the privilege to do a couple of eulogies for for my grandparents. I've I've done all the all of my grandparents, all four of them. I did the eulogy, yeah. And um, not once during those eulogies did I talk about their professional past. I talked about who they loved, how they loved, what they stood for, their values, their their core beliefs, the things that drove them to make decisions. I described their their parenting and their lives, and we might have mentioned parts of, of profession and 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 parts of that, but it wasn't the driving force. And I think that's really you know establishing that and balancing that out is such a key component to life that a lot of us maybe lose sight of. And I can't say that there haven't been times that I also have lost sight of that. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you've got a company, um, what is it, Freedom Street? Partners. Uh, Freedom Street yep. Partners. Now you advise or, or coach, mentor, uh, financial advisors as well in that company. And is that your background as a financial advisor? I assume it would be. Yep. So for 20 years, um, yeah. at about 20, 23 years old, I'm 43 now. Uh, at 23 years old, I went into the industry and started from scratch and built a business from from zero, advising clients and helping people build their financial picture in an yeah. appropriate way. And and uh, so uh, over the years, I did a lot of mentorship, a lot of coaching, a lot of leadership, and and uh, started my own company about uh, six years ago. And we've grown that to about uh, throughout the states and um, 45 advisors. And so we we definitely spend a lot of time still focused helping individual clients. But we also I particularly spend a lot of time coaching and consulting advisors and business owners in the industry or outside the industry, how to best get to that next chapter. So um a lot of people get to that next chapter and they're just unprepared. And the next chapter could be what's most important next for you. It could be selling your business. Um, but a lot of them, the impact is their business. And so it's our goal and objective to help them find other things to help be better prepared for that next chapter, maybe more emotionally prepared, not just mentally prepared. Okay. So tell us, um, starting out in financial advising, when you're such a young age, 23, I mean, did you have all the riches and the financial advice to give them? Yeah, you know, I think it's like anything else. Um, I focused on what I could do well. And what I could do well was be an accountability partner, a coach. Yeah. I was I was drowning myself in in learning and growing. And, you know, like any profession, I would imagine, you know, the uh, the best the best uh, professional uh, footballers in the world, or 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 uh, soccer players, or or you know whatever it is, they all start young and they're they're babies in it, right? So I was I was a baby in it, yes, yeah. but but I definitely learned my role and surrounded myself with mentors and people that guided me, and I was able to make very good decisions and build a really great business over the last twenty years, and it started with being young. And learning, and yeah. and that growth mindset has guided me throughout my career. That's good, eh? Well, I mean, what advice would you give to some young people out there? Because I know I'm in real estate myself, and I, I get um, I've been doing it for a while now, but I entered as a mature age as well. Um, but I get a lot of young people coming in. You know, they get the thrill out of this because they probably see all the, you know, the the money people can make, and and those agents that drive around and flash cars, and you know, maybe they just want in on all that. But then um, they're starting out young and they have that lack of confidence and experience and wisdom there to really um, push them through and make it make it a success. Um, and you've come from that place. What would what advice would you give one of those young people? Well, I think there's a couple of things that stand out. Number one is whatever you're doing today isn't necessarily what you'll be doing forever. Mm-hmm. So it is a lot of a lot of young people think that they're starting a career and they are but the career is going to go yeah. where it's supposed to go. Yeah. And so having some patience to let it mature is something I wish I could tell my, my 20 year old self, you know, it's, it's, it's important to learn the craft at the space you're in now. The second thing I would say is mentorship. If you're not, if you're not learning from people that have been there and done it and grown in, in whatever industry you want to be great at, 
you're missing out on the, on the greatest opportunities. And, and then mm. the, the, the last thing I would say is, you know, having the passion and work ethic to just go out there and, and do the best job you possibly can put in extra time, put in extra hours. Like if you really want something, most young people say they want something, but in order to get something of value, you must give up something in return. And a lot of times that's time, right? We have to dedicate time. And eventually you hope to have more quality time that's being spent. And more. so if I'm in real estate, I want to be buying higher quality properties that are going to yield me more of a return. But I, I might not know what those properties are early in the game. Um, you know, from a from a that's a that's a big picture from a granular yeah. level. I would say save early spend less, you know, simple things that can make really, really huge differences later in life. I mean, the very 10% of savings that I did from the time I was 23 of every dollar I earned, just making sure that before I did anything, it was a minimum of 10%. That simple rule, even when I had nothing was so valuable, but it wasn't valuable for the first decade. It was valuable for the last decade. And, you know, that's those are things that that give us better choices, help us decide whether the next opportunity is one we can choose or if we have to be confined to the space that we're in now, just because we we might not have given ourselves the freedom that we could have had. And we saved a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. No, good advice. The, um, the idea of patience, I mean, as a young person and, and nowadays in particular, maybe um, you think there's, you know, everything wants wants it now. They want everything and they want it now. Like, you know, in that long game, that idea of long-term vision seems to be lost a bit. You know, and I'm guilty of that too. I just wanted everything and I ran for it as fast as I could but didn't actually know where I was going. Yeah, I'm a sprinter. And the older I got, the better I realized that sprinting is how I do my best work. <laughs> so, you know, if you're not an endurance runner and you have a hard time seeing that super long vision, right? Or that that really far in advance end game. Sometimes you have to just create goals that you're shooting for and you're sprinting towards and then you have to breathe. And you know, if I if I if I'm playing and I I've played soccer for you know 30 plus years and now I'm not much of a player at all. I really wasn't much of a player anyway, but I love the sport. Yeah. And when I played, I played as a, as I played a striker and I was a sprinter. I love to sprint have that exertion of adrenaline and then breathe while the play behind me develops, getting into the right position, being positioned in the right place on the field so I can receive the ball in the best possible spot and sprint again. Sometimes you sprint and you don't get the ball. You run as fast as you can. You make the, the right run. Everything is perfect about what you did, but you don't receive the ball, but it creates another opportunity for somebody else to score or yeah. it creates another opportunity on the field to win. And the point behind that is, I think some of us are just built to be sprinters. And, you know, that means we're gonna have lots of good, quick runs in our lives. And, and the endurance game adds up. It's lots of really awesome sprints with some breathing in between. Mm. Mm. You know, and I think an endurance person, they don't focus on the, the finish line. Um, they focus on taking that next step. Or throwing that next arm over, depending on what you're, you know, talking about sports-wise. But it's that very next step that they're focused on. Um, but in the back of their mind, I guess they have that longer-term dream or vision of of that finish line, you know. But I think what happens with a lot of us is we go out there and we have that vision, but we want it to be on the next step. 
And so we're putting yeah. all this energy into that next step. It's the wrong step when we just have to go, you know what, I've just got to, and I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I, I think it's it's kind of painful, some of the stuff I do. But I just go, you know what, if I just do it it'll, and I just focus on the next step, this one hour will pass or this two-hour call session will pass or whatever it is, you know, it'll just pass. But I'm, I'm still visioned for that end goal. And I, these little steps will get me there eventually. And I just have to have that patience, which is really hard for someone that's a sprinter and maybe no patience. Yeah, I, I, I can't say that I have much patience. I don't think my staff would tell you that I'm the most patient man in the world. My wife and my kids would not tell you I'm the most patient man in the world, but I work really darn hard mm. at it. Mm. And I try to be aware of it. I don't focus too much on my blind spots. I'm aware of them. I'm growing in them, but I try to really focus on my strengths. And so when, when, when you have high energy and you go into a room, you bring everything you've got. When yeah. we, when we start talking, you are the most important person in the world to me in this moment right now. And I'm going to give everything I have in this moment. And when I leave, I'm exhausted. I have to breathe. I have to take a break, but that's because of the way that we do things. And patience is difficult, um, for me and probably you, but it's also been something that I, I think I really established after 40. Um, I started to fall in love with the journey. You know, I, I, I wasn't always in love with the journey. I was always focused on the result. And, you know, this is a great advice piece for young people too. I mean, the, the, the journey is where the- It'll be hard for young people f- to take, of course, because I think they've done yeah. well on that journey, but yeah. That's the fun part. Like the journey is the fun part. If you can loop in fun and, 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 the, and the actual result is a win, but you're winning every day because you did something important, or you did something of value, or you help somebody, you know, that's where I feel like today, I really do break down more on a daily basis than I do. On I still take my yearly, I still do everything on a yearly basis, on a quarterly basis, I look at everything. But I genuinely at the end of every day, when I lay down, I'll often say, man, today was a good day. Hmm. Here's a couple things that made it good. And I'm very grateful for that. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah. What do you um, what are your mechanisms for dealing with your um, your lack of patience? I suppose. I think patience, yeah. lack of patience, is actually quite a big strength in many ways for me, but and probably you as well. Yeah, I love the saying that our our blind spots are simply our strengths turned up too loud. So if you take your strengths and your high energy and your high intensity, you turn that up too loud. Sometimes it's too much. If you're a great communicator, sometimes the best thing to do is not say anything at all. And people that are great communicators have a hard time with that, right? So I think you're right. I think not having absolutely of great value to success in getting something done in real estate, in in helping someone reach their goals quicker than they ever dreamed. At the same time, you know, in everyday life, the very things that make us great professionally often are the things that challenge us in everyday life. And so that's where I think, um, little things like, uh, taking, taking a moment before I enter into the home, you know, I, 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 I'm in the car, I'm pulling in the driveway. It's been a long day at work. I've been going a thousand miles a minute and I'm supposed to walk in and, and just have a totally new look on life. And I should, but that requires me to take a moment to breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, I've added meditation into my day. And probably the most important thing I've done is I've slowed down the way I start. So if you know, you're a sprinter, I cannot start sprinting or I'm exhausted by the time I walk in the door. 
So what I do is my morning routine is very valuable to me. And by creating a slower start, I read scripture in the morning, I meditate, I, I have a cup of coffee while my son gets ready for school and he sits in, in, the, in the room with us. We watch a little sports center. It's slow. I don't read emails. I don't do anything work-related. And I do that so that I can actually have a little more patience in my day. That yeah. sets the tone for the rest of the day. So what is a, what is a morning routine? How, when do you start? When do you wake up? When does it start? When does it end? And when do you start work? Run us through that. So my wife wakes up about 5.15. That's when her alarm goes off because she's a school teacher. And okay. so uh, she likes to have about an hour in the morning for herself. I prefer six o'clock, um, but I'll yep. be honest, a lot of days I wake up between 5.30 and 6, um, you know, especially if I want a little bit of time with her uh, before the kids get up and, and a cup of coffee or just some time to chat because we miss each other a lot. So um, the very first thing I do when I get up is, is – uh, I meditate, whether it's one minute, five minutes, 10 minutes. Uh, it depends on what I have to get done that day, how much time I have, but I've given myself the grace to not have a mandatory amount um, because I got to the point where if I needed 10, but I only had five, I felt guilty. Yeah. So I, I literally just make sure meditation is first. What does that um, look next- like for you? Like, what is a meditation? Is it just sitting there and breathing or is it a guided meditation with an app or something? I use uh, I use a guided meditation. I've uh, used uh, I've used Headspace. I use Simple Habit. Um, I use Waking Up. I have three that I use on a regular basis, and I rotate them. Um, Simple has a, Habit has a one minute one that I start my day with. Sometimes, even if I'm going to do a longer one after I start, it's just to kind of just to kind of set the tone. Yeah. Um, and uh, if I want a longer one, I'll do something on waking up 10, 15 minutes. Um, and then I honestly go right into scripture. And, and I, I'd started uh, when COVID hit, honestly, I had, I'm, a, I'm a bit of a control freak. I like to think of all the things I can do and plan. And man, everything was thrown away. Everything, yeah. I couldn't go to the gym. I was going to the gym every morning. I had a personal trainer. Like everything I had done yeah. was changed for the first time in 12 years. And the truth is about one day into it, after feeling a little bit disheveled, the next morning, I had said for years, I wanted to read the Bible. I had, I've read, but I'd never read all the way through. And I picked it up and I started reading and I started doing that every single day. And that's something I have not, not done since March of 2020. And so that makes you stop because there's, there's leadership lessons, there's teachings, there's, there's prayer. You know, it's a moment where I've slowed down and something that um, if you believe in something bigger than yourself, whatever that is for you, it, it, it helps you to redefine what's most important. And so yeah. that sets the tone for my day. Um, yeah. And then I, then I, I'd get a little stretch in cause I am over 40 now and I want to make sure I'm moving. Right. So, and then I, I go downstairs and have a cup of coffee and yeah. that's when, that's when the day starts. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good to have that, that routine. It certainly helps me as well. And I think it's helped me in many ways control that lack of patience. Um, which actually drives you as well. But um, look, going back to your, your 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 career and your book, you're helping financial advisors, and you've written this book, um, Freedom Street. Now, from what I can gather in the quick review I've had of it, it's not about um, financial uh, advice at all. Really, it's about leaving a legacy more so, and about how to um, you know enjoy the journey, I suppose, which is where you've sort of come to realise it's more about the journey than the the result. 
um, cl- clarify if if I'm wrong in that sense of 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 the book. But um, yeah, what what made you write this book? Yeah, you know, it's it's really a culmination of several things. Number one um, is I was in dealing with financial advisors. I was finding that I was working with a lot of them towards the end of their career and the latter part of their career and finding that everybody wanted to sell their, when I say everybody, I mean, everyone I was talking to wanted to sell their business, move on to something else or retire or, or do all these things, but they just weren't ready. And so there was a common theme. And then I thought back on all the 20 years, you know, a financial advisor is a unique career because as a psychiatrist, you spend some time as a marriage counselor, you spend some time as a as a coach and consultant, you help their children when they're they're thinking about dropping out of college. You might be the last resort that the parents say, Will you talk to Scott, at least have a couple of ideas? And and you know, I've I've had the ability over 20 years to have hundreds of conversations, thousands of conversations a year with people that are all in these stages. And here's what the book was about. The book is about finding freedom for you. It's about living a rich life, living a legacy, not leaving a legacy, right? Right. Leaving a legacy is inevitable if you live it. But a lot of people wait until they, they want to, they want to get the word they use is give back. I've done all these things. I've made all this money and now I want to give back. But if you focused on doing that along the way and you made that kind of an every year, every month, every day occurrence, the impact is immense. You know, it's it's amazing when you are living your impact that it's not tied to your career. It's not tied to one thing. When it's only tied to one thing, it's dangerous and it's impossible to own your future. Mm. So while my experience comes from financial advising, while my experience comes from running a business, you know, for, for 20 years, it's really come from studying, listening, helping people achieve their goals of all different levels of wealth yeah. and, and really helping them find their own freedom. Cause that's what, that's what a coaching consultant really does in life. That's what our objective is. And I think that's what the book was about. I have to use my experience. Yeah. And so I think a lot of people might be turned off in the original part because they think, in fact, I've done 15 of these podcasts and it's funny. Some of them start talking about financial advising because they're like, I don't even know why this guy's on my show then we get to the point and we're like, oh, wow, this is this is way bigger than a career. This is way bigger than something that that um, that maybe is a profession. It's it's really about a model, a core value of life and finding your own freedom and what that means to you and how we can dive deeper into that connection. Yeah, I guess you can't talk about financial advice unless you know what that needs to look like for that particular ind- individual, their values and where they want to go because – where I want to end up and where you want to end up, totally different. So you can't give advice that's that's um, generic in that sense. So you need to really yeah, delve in and find out the why of the person. Yeah, it's not about the money at all. Hmm. You know, this is the, the one of the biggest lessons in life is if you spend your life chasing money, you never catch it. Yeah. Zig, Zig Ziglar said that if you do three things, you'll be running from money. Number one is you got to help people. Number two is you have to turn a profit. So there's a disconnection, especially nowadays. People think that if we help people, you can't turn a profit. But if you could turn a profit and own a business and develop something that helps people and is profitable and then serve something bigger than yourself, whatever that is to you, you'll be running from, from money. And then your decisions will all be focused around the things that matter most. Because when you focus on the money, you miss life. Mm-hmm. When you focus on life, 
Money is a byproduct. It can do things to develop our lives. It can give us more security and safety and provide opportunities and, and experiences, but it really cannot provide love. It cannot provide security. It cannot provide, you know, not the things internal. And yeah, a lot yeah. of people have seen that lately in the last couple of years with what we've been dealing with. You have yeah. to go inside sometimes. So what's your bigger thing? Like, you know, you've got, you've got this business model here that you're profiting from, you're helping other people using that. So that's your value exchange. Now, what are you focusing on? Like, what's your bigger thing? How are you having a bigger impact on leaving your legacy? I think I, I think I want to live this impact. And I think the, the point is, is that in this book, I took models of things that I've lived by, whether it's, whether it's figuring out that freedom had nothing to do with, with doing whatever I wanted um, it was all about discipline. These are all lessons I had to learn. And I just simply share what I did. My goal is this. I do a ton of videos. We're building out a new YouTube channel. We're really developing a way to reach people, whoever it is that needs to hear a little bit more of a positive message in a world that that is a little too negative, a little too much. Yeah. And um, and I think that experience, my goal and my my why behind this is really to create an impact and to live this Um Man, I get texts and emails and and video messages and all kinds of stuff every day from so many random people that are not in my industry, that have nothing to do with me, that have everything to do with the message that we're putting out into the world. And um, and that's 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 what I want to do. I want to continue to get that message out. And and that message about freedom is helping people define that, connect that the dots and understand that the path they're on today is the right path wherever it is. Even if it's a dead end and rock bottom, it's the start of a new day. It's the start of freedom for you now. What does it mean and how do we get there? Hmm. And, um, you know, and if we can help more people really discover that, especially when they're looking at the, the, uh, the next chapter, whatever that, that is for them, that's, that's the objective. Yeah, yeah. Makes you feel good, huh? Uh, that's my goal, man. I, I love doing these. I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to share this message all across the world with people just like yourself who are, who are bringing great conversations to many, many people and having this type of, of conversation is powerful. Yeah. Just one person listening to this could change their life. And, and, you know, you never know when they need that. You never know when one person needs that. No. And I think there's, you know, there's so much you can take on every day, but again, you're right about that negative information that's constantly out there, the fear in the media um, well, you know, you probably don't listen to the news, neither do I. Um, you know, switch that negative stuff off and take it out of my channel and try and draw in the positives. Now, there's probably so many podcasts you can listen to in a day, but just a little five-minute clip here or a 20-minute clip there, you know, of that positive message every day, that'll change what's up here and change your focus going forward and you'll start to forget about all the shit that you don't have and, that you, you know, that you're hurting from and you'll start focusing on all the stuff that you're, you're grateful for that you do have, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When you love something, you can't, when you, when you really love something and you're passionate about it, you're living in the present moment. Every time we separate from the present moment, we start to get into a place that can, that can take us in a whole different direction. That could be positive. It could be negative, but your news media is all negative loop. I mean, I, I stopped, I read and I'll read something. And if I don't like the way the tone is, I'll go read another news channels version of it so I can identify whether or not it's it's real or fake or false or uncomfortable. I want to I want to learn. I'm not trying to be ignorant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they're, they're, I think that I think people kind of take it the different way, but news is meant to be gossip. 
gossip is meant to be negative. Hmm. And there's nothing positive about that. It does nothing but dr- dr- uh, make our lives more dramatic than they need to be. Yeah, no, it, it takes you to the wrong place, which is, um, yeah, you got to surround yourself by that right message, whether it's news channels or people around you. Um, you mentioned something before about the contradictions of freedom and what you thought freedom meant, and then you threw in the word discipline there. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I think, I think um, discipline is freedom. Aristotle said it. Jocko said it in his book. You know, if, if, if you don't, if you don't realize this, it takes us a long time. I mean, I I came from a a pretty disciplined family and my dad was pretty strict. And, and I think that, um, growing up, I thought, oh, when I'm on my own, I'll do whatever I want. Right. And, and, and I made decisions early on that luckily were the right decisions, but in a business, for example, you know, I, I, if you're reactive, you can't be responsive. If you're not disciplined in your day, you can't have patience. We just talked about patience a second ago. You know, it's a simple blind spot for most people that are entrepreneurs and and driven and high energy. But if you start your day a certain way with discipline, it's amazing how the entire day flows, how many things you can fit in. The analogy I use is the jar. You know, if you take the jar and you put the big rocks in, the priorities, the most important thing, and you're disciplined about those most important things, it's amazing how the pebbles then fit in and the sand filters in and you fit way more in that jar than you do if you're just putting in the sand first. And I'll use social media as the sand. There are so many people that say, ah, I I meant to get together with you last month. I just didn't have time. I I meant to have dinner with my dad, but we just, we couldn't find the time. And yet they're on Instagram for two and a half hours a day. And they're, and they're tweeting 30, 30 times a day. And I'm not saying that social media isn't great, but it's the sand. If dad's the most important person, then I got to, I got to filter the sand out and put dad in there first. And, and I think that's what discipline is all about. It's it's about prioritizing what's most important, living that core value and developing a strategy to be most successful for you. And, you know, that's, that's what, where I found freedom has been through disciplined approaches. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love it. Couldn't agree more. Um, when it comes, and this is one of the questions that I ask all guests is what, what's your definition of success? Um, but I know in your, uh, in the blurb about the book, at least you talk about living a rich life. And I guess when you're a financial advisor with that background and you're talking about rich people probably immediately go to money, right? How do you have defined living a rich life or what is rich? Well, in the book, I tell the story of uh, my oldest son. My boys used to share a room, even though they we had plenty of rooms for them to go in. I, I had them bunk bed when they were young because I figured that at least they was they would love each other at night when they went to bed, even if they fought all day long. Right. And it was a good theory and it worked. Um, and one night I was putting them to bed and they they both were kind of talking and it was like, all right, guys, you got to go to bed. And as I'm shutting the door, my oldest son goes, hey, dad would you be rich if you didn't have us? What, what a powerful question, right? The answer financially is very, I chuckled immediately because I was like, I immediately you go to money. That's where everybody goes. Right. And that's what he meant. And I said, buddy, let me tell you something. I might have more money, but I can't tell you the emptiness I would feel knowing what I have today, how, how difficult it would be for me to even understand. Cause let me tell you what rich is rich is investing in other people. Rich is having a family with people around you that matter. I have an instant legacy. If I fail, 
if I'm positive, if I succeed, my children will, will understand. They'll tell stories about me one day. I will live on, whether it's positive or negative. I'm pretty sure it'll be positive, but maybe it won't be. But I explained to my son that day, I said, living a rich life is way more than money. I, can, I don't need money to have a rich life. Now, money helps. It definitely helps us make better decisions. I don't mind flying places a little quicker than driving. Mm-hmm. I don't mind going to a better resort occasionally and being able to take my family with us. You know, my mom, my dad, my siblings. Uh, there are definitely things money can do for you. But if you get caught in the money, you're not living richly at all. It's all the other things in the jar. It's the big rocks in the jar. And money is usually not one of them. Mm. Yeah. I love that jar. I'm going to find that video today. Yeah, that's a pretty good one. It's a, it's a great video. And I have a little, uh, I put a little excerpt in the book where you could see what, what I kind of labeled it as, but what are, what is your, what is, uh, when, when you think about that, what are the biggest rocks that, that, that your guests have found? Like, are there things that they define when they answer that question on a regular basis, or is there one common theme? I think, um, well, I've written a book about it and I think that, you know, the fundamentals in life that you often overlook as you're getting dragged this way and that way, focusing on the, the chase of money and um, material goods, which is how the society works. I think once you realise it's not about that, it's about friends and family and relationships, uh, you know, that category of relationships. Um, the next category of health, um, you know, the next category of contribution, those things are those rocks. So if you can find a way every day to just give a little, you can find a way every day just to take care of yourself. If you can find a way every day just to nurture a relationship, those things are the fundamental rocks, you know, in that and growth, you know, find a way to learn um, every day. Yeah. hundred percent. If you're not growing, you're dying. Yeah. That's what Lou Holt said. And it's so true. If you're not growing, you're dying. If your company's not growing, it's dying. If you're, if your relationships aren't growing, they're dying. Yeah. And there's only one way it has to be growth. Yeah. So you just got to focus on those things, you know, and, and, and do that every day. And like you said, have a disciplined approach to those things too. And which is why the morning routine is so good because you're focusing straight away on, on that growth, on that learning, because you're, you're doing a little bit of exercise, so you're taking care of your health, you're doing a bit of growth activity, learning. Um, and then you've got a disciplined structure for the day to help you get towards the goals that you want to do. And it'll all fall in place because you're taking care of the, the fundamentals. Um, whereas I don't think, you know, a lot of people don't, and I never was like that. You know, it's taken me years to get here and I've still got a long way to go, I think, but, um, a lot of people don't live that, that way. I think we get derailed. So one of the things that I think is a big, is a big challenge is this, this balancing act, everybody that, that wants to add, uh, it's, it's, it's the new year. They want to be a healthier version of themselves, Right. So the minute that they dedicate extreme amounts of time to health, something else may take a back seat. Like there's only so much time and energy in the day to do things, right? And so we get off kilter in things. And then mm. I think we get a little hard on ourselves about the lack of balance. But, but life is about balancing the imbalance, right? If you can be self-aware that you become imbalanced somewhere, maybe you've been working super hard on a project, but it's coming it's coming to a head and the real estate deals closing. And now you have a lot of, now you have a little extra time. So you're going to take your family on a vacation. Maybe they didn't get the time that you really wanted them to have the last three weeks, but the next week you're going to dedicate hundred percent of that time to them, with them, for them. You know, it's about balancing that and not feeling so guilty when we're not. Yeah. That, that also is imperative because we're hard on ourselves. We all are. 
how do you find that balance? Because you, you, you know, and I, I feel this too. You're a hard worker. You dedicate so much of your time. You're passionate about it too. Like when you're passionate about something, and you and you, you've just got this natural hard eth, new work ethic. It's hard to stop and switch off, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and to find that balance there is is incredibly hard. And I'm trying. This is one of my focuses this year is to just bring back a bit of that balance where I'm not sitting in the office until seven o'clock, you know, because I don't yeah. think that's necessary, and I don't think it's as productive either. I realise that I'm I'm productive for a good short few hours, and I can still work all day, but I don't know if it's as productive. So need to bring that balance into it. What do you do there to to create that sense of balance? It kind of starts with uncomfortability. A lot of times we stay where we're comfortable. So if we stay at work too long, we're staying because we're comfortable in that setting and we kind of understand it. We know it. Everything goes our way. Yeah. Like yeah. it's, it's, it's a little bit about comfort, right? So the way I, the way I, I, I get around this is usually we get overwhelmed. You get overwhelmed in something and the way I deal with overwhelm is action. And it starts with identifying, pausing, and then identifying you, you have four pillars. I have four quadrants in, in my book. It's, it's all in whatever you define as the most important things in your life. Right. I, I think that relationships is, is definitely imperative. I think work and, and your, your livelihood, your wealth, whatever it may be is something that gets people, uh, overwhelmed. I think health and spirituality are the other two big areas that when I define it and I basically take you know, those old, those old, um, uh, calendars that were sat on your desk, the big ones that you could write everything in. And, you know, they they, I have one on my desk right now, right below me. And it's about this big and it, it has every day of the month. And I, I have all these things written on it. One day I was overwhelmed years ago and I ripped one of those things off and I just drew a T chart and I wrote everything that was overwhelming me or that was on my brain. I brain dumped on everything about relationships, anything about my spouse, anything about the kids. Is there something I've been meaning to do with them that I didn't do? Is there a conversation I had to have? You know, did I want to make something for dinner that I've been telling everyone I was going to make my spaghetti and meatballs? You know, what is it that's bothering me? That's everything there Then I would go to then I would go to work and wealth. And that one's a long one. Sometimes it took a whole day to get through all the things at work that I felt like I needed to get done. Health and spirituality. I'm looking at my chart right now. And and uh, there are things spiritually I have dedicated a ton of time the last two years but the last part of the year, I did not work out. My personal trainer got sick. I, uh, I didn't go in. I was traveling a bunch. I had all these excuses. So when I went through, I was imbalanced in health. So I go in after I, after I get my overwhelm on a page and I circle the biggest priorities. And then I just work towards action. What steps do I need to do to execute and implement upon those things? And I don't care how small they are. It might be a to-do list. For, for the little tiny details of things that are just holding me back. But yeah. it's that, it's that, that it clogs your brain. That mm. stuff clogs your brain. So you got to get it out. You got to put it down on paper. You got to put it down somewhere and then you have to work through it. And when I work through it, I'm relieved. I'm not overwhelmed anymore. It's not, it's not scary when it's written down on a page. No, no, you're right. Good buddy advice. Hey, it's exciting, mate. Your, um, your book's doing well. Yes, we hit Amazon bestseller. We've been uh, hit a couple categories. We continue right. to uh, get it out there to everybody, and and hopefully the 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 readers will get something out of it that that they can execute and implement in their life. That was yeah. really what it was about. It was my story, but it was my story with execution points. Every chapter at the end 
Every section, every chapter has, has things we can do, things that I do all the time that I've shared. Audit your time, make a list of your top 10 relationships, you know, uh, find a journal or planner that you enjoy using. I've been through 17 of them. I could tell you I change all the time, you know? So figure it out, but but there's things in here that I think can help people. And that's really, that's all I, that's all I did it for was to help people. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, how can people best reach out uh, to you, find more information about what you're doing there? Thanks. Uh, I always appreciate the platform. Um, scottdanner.com is very easy to find me. Yep. Um, that's, that's a great way to uh, book me for speaking or coaching or consulting. Um, I, uh, I also have recently, uh, because I'm in the financial industry, we have pretty tough regulations on, uh, on our, our, uh, our, our YouTube and all that kind of stuff. So, um, when I launched the book, I also launched a new YouTube channel. So it's brand new. It's under Scott Danner. And uh, we're putting out videos on these topics every every day, every week, um, interviews, different things. And I, I hope that that's a good way that really starts to take off and help people. So when you need that one bit of positivity to neutralize the news, you can grab it from that. So and then obviously the books on Amazon and all major, uh, major uh, um, buying spots, whatever they are. Yeah. Um, my wife, my wife ordered it from Target. So you can get it from anywhere. <laughs> We'll, um, we'll get the uh, link in the show notes there, guys, too, for listening out there. Hiddenwide.com show notes will be there. Links to Scott. And, Scott, uh, thanks once again for coming on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very grateful. Great conversation. Been a pleasure. Absolutely. Guys, check it out at hiddenwide.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose and in doing so you will discover your hidden white this is the hidden white my name is lee manutzi until next time peace passion and purpose see you soon